You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series and syndicating for the A-List Online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith and the interview subject on this particular episode is Frederick Leclerc. Frederick is the guitarist and figurehead in Sinsanum and he also happens to be the bassist in Dragon Force. The reason for the conversation, well, I know it's early days yet, it's still only November, well November the 20th to be specific of 2018, but they have achieved, that is Sinsanum, they have achieved the coveted number one spot in my Albums of the Year 2018. The album is Repulsion for Humanity. We talk a little bit about that, but Frederick is such a grand interview subject, we talk about a bunch of other things as well. So tune in. This is one of those ones where I want you to go and grab something to smoke or something to drink, relax. This is a fantastic conversation for you to listen to. Here we go. Thank you very much. No worries. Can you both hear each other? Yes. Perfect. Can. Beautiful. Thank you very much, Alicia. Hey. Yeah, thank you. Hey, Fred. Uh, how are you, my friend? Hey, I'm good. How are you doing? Good, good. I, I guess the first question that I've got for you is how was the, the two Australian shows now that they're all done and dusted? Uh, they were great. Uh, it was... Uh, uh, where were we on the tour? It was like almost the end because we had like two shows in Australia and then two mm. shows in New Zealand after that. And uh, so we were pretty uh, roasted. <laughs> we, you know, we did uh, Europe and then uh, Russia, Asia, and all the Asian was just like, you know, the shows were back to back with little sleep and slice every morning. So, uh, yeah, by the time we got to Australia, we were a bit like, uh, but, uh, but no, it was good. It was really good. Fantastic. And, and which one of the two shows do you think um, was a little bit more intense or more enjoyable to play? Was it the Sydney or the Melbourne show? Or is that too hard yeah, to answer? Uh, uh, it's it's not easy. I'm trying to remember. I think Sydney was probably better. I've I've got the feeling Sydney was better. However, I personally prefer Melbourne. But that that's just that's just me because I you know I, I I prefer the city. I've always felt good in that city. So cool. it's nice to play Melbourne. And uh, so both shows went well. But uh, I think maybe the Sydney one was. That's how to tell. I'm equal, but it's just like it's just. Uh, I always prefer to play Melbourne, but don't tell Sydney people. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I'll, I'll, well, mate. If they find out because they listen to the podcast episode, they won't hold it against you. Don't worry about that, mate. I'm think, I think they're just going to be glad that you actually <laughs> came down and played there. But uh, how are the um, how are the Kiwi shows as well? The New Zealand shows. Uh, they were great. They were great. We played the uh, small venues, which is like you know because. The, this tour was like the first tour for the band, hmm. so uh, some of the venues I think were booked like you know, and they were they were too big for what we brought for the first tour, which I you know I don't blame anyone because what we play is, uh, is uh, and that's what we kept saying on stage, it's underground music, so it doesn't appeal to you know to everyone, and uh, so we uh, I think that those venues in the uh, in uh, New Zealand, were about the right size. The, we played we played the same venues with Dragon Force when we did our first uh, real tour of New Zealand, which is like yeah. basically like three shows, you know. Cause, you know, and uh, so they were the, yeah, they were small venues, but just like the intensity was there, and uh, it was great because uh, uh, and also because we were just like the last two shows and we were touring with Bullet Belt and their friends. So everything was fine. We were, you know, in good spirits, and uh, yeah, those shows went well. Yeah, wasn't there a isn't wasn't there or isn't there a member of Dragon Force that's actually from New Zealand originally? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam, I mean, he's he's from. Uh, he was born in UK, but then spent half of his life in New Zealand. So I think he was born in UK, and then probably uh, you know the Queen was just like, can't have that one here, so just send it over there, <laughs> and uh, which is what they did. And he grew, you know, grew up there, and then. Like, yeah, you can come back. But, uh, that's a, that's oh, fair enough, yeah, fair enough. And I, and I think I saw, <laughs> it was either Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram that I saw you were enjoying a Bloody Mary. It might have been in San Francisco toward the end of the tour there when you were on the way back home. So I think that was yes, a well-deserved indeed. Bloody Mary at the airport, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, it was no, correct. It was on, uh, I think we probably posted on uh, Twitter. And uh, yeah, it was the last trip uh, for the French people, uh, we did uh, Wellington, Oakland, Oakland, San Francisco, San Francisco, Paris, and uh, yeah, in San Francisco we just stopped for like a, yeah, Bloody Mary, a few 
a burger and a, and a beer and then uh, another 10 hours on a plane. So, yeah, well deserved. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic, yeah. So I don't know whether you remember, we, we caught up um, probably about two months ago or so ahead of the Australian tour. And um, I mentioned uh-huh. that we we had it. We had a good chat because I'm really. It's actually Repulsion for Humanity is actually going to be my number one album for 2018. I've just put my list together because it's about that time wow. of year. Um, so I'll tell you. Yeah, who, yeah. I'll tell you who you've beat out. Uh, I don't like necessarily to do things in order, but I always do my top five in order because I think it's important to do that. So I've got you at number one. I've got Bloodbath oh. at number two. So Nick Holmes and crew there. Um, Fifth Angel with Third Secret at number three. Satan. With Cruel Magic, I wasn't wasn't expecting an older band to make my, or a band that's been going for that long to make my top five, but there they were. And there's an Australian band called Diablaze. So you've you've beat out some stiff oh. competition there. And the rest of the top five, or the rest of the top ten, were made up of uh, Northwood. You know, Floor Jansen from Nightwish, her band with um, the fellow from Pagan's Mind, and uh-huh. Terrorizer. I had a really good conversation with Peter Sandoval in between. Oh, now cool. when we had a last chat, I'm really, really enthused about that Caustic Attack album that he's released. There's Monstrosity, mm-hmm. The Passage of Existence, which has got uh, Lee Harrison. You know, he's also in Terrorizer as the guitarist, but he plays drums yeah. in Monstrosity. He's just yeah. a phenomenal musician. There's a uh, a new band called Sink the Ship. They're more like a metalcore band from the States, and I don't typically get into metalcore, but these guys have really put out an album that makes you take notice called Persevere. Um, and uh, uh-huh. the guys in Lamb of God, in their alter, alter ego, Burn of Priest, where they're doing the covers album, which I think is about the best covers album I've ever oh. heard, actually. Yeah. So you've beat out some stiff competition, and I'm going to read out what, what my blurb is. Okay, so I was, I'm so impressed with this album. I've said that back in the 90s when Morbid Angel, Deicide, Sepultura, Entombed, Death, Pantera, and Cannibal Corpse had only a dozen or so albums released between them, heavy metal was still considered dangerous and a corruption of religious values. Sinsanum combined the very best of the listed bands from their heyday and presented all in one impressive package on Repulsion for Humanity. To be perfect, all it would have needed was a dose of Ralph Santola's lightning fast licks. So my question for you is, mate, what do you think of that statement? Do you think I've got it right? (laughs) I think it's very, very nice. And uh, uh, I... I don't know. I mean, because if I say, "Yeah, you fucking got it right," it sounds very presumptuous, <laughs> but, and I don't want to. I don't want to sound like that. But uh, I mean, the band that you mentioned are definitely part of you know my my influences, like big parts, and uh, and so uh, yeah. I mean, it, it is it is exactly what what I'm trying to get at. It's just like, but it's also because I grew up in that you know. Uh, so for me, the '90s are just like uh, musically what what I what I feel more uh, comfy with and uh, what I can relate to. So I suppose I felt that it was dangerous, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's still music, so I don't know how music can really be dangerous, but, uh, you know. But, uh, hmm. um, no, no, I, uh, that, that's exactly, that's exactly, yeah, the, I'm, I'm trying to get that, that sort of energy uh, and uh, trying to reproduce the same feelings that I would feel uh, back then when I was discovering uh, the the uh, yeah, the metal and uh, all these bands were coming out and yeah, indeed, I guess yeah, dangerous is the right word. It's just because I like to you know to detach myself from music and always you know try to tell people it's just music, relax, you know, it's not dangerous. But I I, I know exactly what you mean by dangerous because that's the word I would uh, use as well. And uh, but yeah, definitely that's that's what I'm trying to do with uh, with Insane. So I'm glad that you. Uh, that you uh, you felt that way as well. So thank you very much. And yeah, you were fucking right. No, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, well, I understand what you're saying. You, I, I'm always very careful about about throwing around superfluous uh, metaphors, if you like, to describe music. But the reason I think it's dangerous is because it actually makes you stop and take notice. This album, and because I'm 40 years of age and I grew up with the Morbid Angels and the Deicides. And to be frank, last time we had a conversation, I really don't think that's on uh, Kingdom's Disdain Trey did much at all in terms of pushing the template forward. Um, I don't know what they're going to do next, actually, yeah. Morbid Angel, because, um, you know, I mentioned also when we last had a chat that I had a, a really good conversation with uh, Steve Tucker, and I didn't want to offend him in any way, but the, the production's mm. just awful, and when you've got Eric Rutan involved, it should be a lot better than what it sounded like. Um, and yeah. I, I think, it's, and the Deicide album too, I've lived with that now for about four or five months. It's been about four or five months since that came out, and... Mm. Man, there's some tired riffs on that one there as well. Um, 
I don't. I just don't know where those bands are going to head to after this. Actually, I think it's going to because I think the Morbid Angel have just announced a big tour in the states with Cannibal Corpse, and uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, you see that one there, yeah, and. I don't know who's going to headline it, but I actually think Cannibal Corpse might. And if you told me that 10 years ago, I would have laughed at you. Because to me, Morbid Angel are the mm-hmm. Alpha and the Omega, of specifically because they had yeah. Trey and also Pete Sandoval in the band. They're untouchable. But I feel like the, yeah, yeah. the legacy's been diminished somewhat. And I hate even saying that, but as a really old fan and someone who grew up with them and listening to your album, and to be frank, I am comparing Repulsion for Humanity with Kingdom's Disdained. And... Your yeah. al- your album to me is an album that's gonna it's gonna become like Covenant. It's gonna be an album that I'm gonna listen to in 15 years time and go, yeah, this thing still rocks. But you know what what do you well, do? You know, it's 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 one of those situations that as a fan you just hope your favorite bands step up and do something remarkable. But I suppose if you release, you know, Altars of Madness, Blessed of the Sick, and Covenant, maybe that's all you've got yeah. in in terms of classic material. And so be it. Most bands don't even get one classic album, yet alone three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Formula is domination as far as I'm concerned. And even Formulas is very good. Oh, Formulas, yeah. Well, well, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's definitely like the first four as far as I'm concerned because domination is, uh, you know, uh, amazing. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I also understand and people need to understand that musicians need to evolve and they can't reproduce because if they were trying to reproduce or if they were reproducing like, uh, say, a Blessed Are the Seek or Covenant, People, there would be people going like, uh, it's the same, or it's already done, blah, blah. So you never mm-hmm. win, you know. And, and uh, so I, I, while I do prefer those albums, and I think they're, you know, they're really, uh, yes, uh, you know, just like uh, they, 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 they are uh, unique and uh, amazing albums that, you know. But uh, I guess it's also normal for them on an artistic uh, point of view. I guess it's normal for them to evolve and and do something different, not necessarily better in my point of view. So I guess what I'm doing is just like, I understand that's what they're doing, but also because what I love is what they uh, they were doing before. I guess we've seen saying that I'm just like taking over and sort of like, you know, uh, what they're not doing anymore and what I don't like as much as I used to, you know, uh, the, the the other stuff that I used to like when I when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm trying to reproduce that with with Sincenum and and some more. Not just I'm not just basing my my way of, of uh, writing music just based on on Morbid Angel and what they're doing, you know. Yeah. But uh, I'm I'm saying that you know obviously it it is it is my favorite band. So obviously what what they're doing is important for me. But I I can see that they they took since. Uh, you know, since Formulas fell, fell to the flesh, they took a different, you know, a different uh, path, a different road, and I am more, uh, uh, I'm more into like the, the first four albums. So I guess that's uh, that's what I'm doing, which is probably why you prefer what I what uh, Repression for Humanity sounds as opposed to what they're doing now, because mm. you and I are the, uh, the same age. And we just grew up listening to the same albums and we think they're fucking cool. And those guys are just like, they made those albums. They're like, oh, thank you very much, but I need to do something else. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, and that's a bloody good answer, actually, and, and good response to it all. <laughs> yeah, and uh, well, I think I think the um, the Terrorizer album there, too, is going to do marvellous things, The Passage of... Ex- uh, sorry, Caustic Attack. Because um, that, that is just from start to finish, just grinding, just brutal grindcore. And Pete... As you probably know, has found God. He's found Jesus, or he's probably refound Jesus. Is probably the way better way to describe it. And uh, yeah, I don't think yeah. he could ever. The, the feedback he gave to me when we had a conversation is he, he could never play in a satanic band ever again. And he finds Morbid Angels a, a satanic band. But something else that he mentioned, and I actually I did a write up about this, but we Pete and I spoke for about an hour and we talked about all sorts of different things. He was actually uh, either I can't remember. I don't want to talk out of turn here, either he approached or someone approached him from the Morbid Angel camp after Kingdom Disdained was recorded to do the tour. To do the Oh, t- really? Yeah, and I think I'm on the fence about that one there, though, because I'm really enjoying what he's doing here with Terrorizer, so he may not have got the new Terrorizer album if he'd rejoined Morbid Angel, but then just the thought of him rejoining Trey, because I think they're one of the greatest guitar drum duos of all time in any genre of music, not just metal, but in any genre of music. Uh-huh. 
And and I think, yeah. man, I wonder what that would have sounded like. But oh well, we've got we've got this wonderful Terrorizer album to listen to, and uh, I but I also don't think that we've heard the last of the partnership between Trey and Pete, as well. Right. Oh, well, I mean, I would love to as a fan. Uh, I would love to 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 see that or to hear that happening, of course. But then you know, it's I guess people get very attached with lineups and what people do together. And I suppose you know what they did was great, but. Uh, I know that, like, Trey, uh, despite what everybody was saying, I think, like, the album, uh, uh, Il Divinum, blah, 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 you know, with, uh, with David and it yeah. was, uh, Tim Young on, on drums, I think it was great. But I guess people are just like, uh, it's not the same, uh, it sounds like this, uh, and I think it's just like you have to take it for what it is. Obviously, yeah, I am attached to that lineup with Richard Brunel. In an ideal world, I would mm. love them to all come back, you know, at the, Blessed are the sick uh, lineup and wear exactly the same clothes and release an album <laughs> called Blessed are the sick too and uh, and that'd be really cool but uh, I don't think that's gonna happen anytime soon and uh, yeah I know that Pete Sander was so good uh, good on him I'm still waiting to see something even <laughs> Satan but uh, uh, I'm, I'm glad for him and uh, I'm, I'm gonna check the the new terrorizer I love the first terrorizer and I do have. Uh, I do have the one uh, Summer Days Ahead with a uh, yeah. uh, crematorium, crematorium uh, which is cool too. So uh, yeah, I, ch- I checked the new one out definitely. I, th- I, I don't know when is it coming out. It came oh, it's out already? it's already out. That's yeah, pretty it was out. Was that about a month ago or so? Oh. Yeah, I, I know you're busy. Oh and, shit! Yeah, oh, yeah. you've been stuck. I'm here, completely so. out of touch. Oh no 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 no! Because I'm I'm buying I'm still buying music, but I'm buying like. I bought Mick Taylor not so long ago. Okay. Uh, I bought uh, some jazz music. I bought. Old stuff like Oxyplegats, which is like an old black metal band from the 90s, uh, and Oceans. I bought like an old Tayama app, you know, so I'm, I'm still buying music. I'm just not, uh, I'm just out of touch with what's coming out. But I'm, I'm still very, I'm, I'm busy, but I have time to, to listen to music. It's just I'm not interested in what's coming, you know, in the new stuff, which is a, which is a shame, but yeah. Oh, that's, that's, look, that's completely understandable when you're at the coalface and, you know, you, you've also, I think, there's that that aspect of being careful about not listening to too much of other people's material that are in the same ballpark as the music you're playing because you might get influenced by it and it might unduly change yeah. the wonderful music you've got. I, I Well, yeah, I suppose. I mean, it's already like uh, influenced enough by what I know. So obviously, you know, I'd rather listen to old stuff rather than new stuff and just, you know. But I, to, to be fair, like when, when I listen to new things, I, I'm always like, I've heard that before. Uh, I know what that's coming from, and uh, it's it's very not often that I hear something new and I go like, "Wow, this is actually new. This is a core progression that I never heard of." Or, "Wow, this is fresh and interesting." Uh, I can't I can't think of anything right now, top of my head, that actually made me go, "Oh, wow, this is actually." Apart from like, uh, I think uh, the melodies of of Ghost, even though this is also it sounds mm-hmm. very old as well. But to me, it's just like it is refreshing in a sense. But when I hear stuff like, uh, I don't know, in uh, I'd say you know, Gojira, Mastodon, that that those bands, you yeah. know, they do yeah. great. And that's great for them. But I've never heard something going, oh wow, this is so refreshing. It's great, and I I'm happy that people like it. Or same with Behemoth or with Pain or you know all these or I don't know even Five Figure Death Punch. It's it's great, but nothing that makes me go like. Oh wow! You know, as opposed to when I'm gonna go and listen to uh, jazz music that has been, you know, uh, there for 40 years, and I'm just discovering, and I know that's been influencing what we're doing now. Then I go, oh wow, this is great! It is refreshing because that's the the base of, of what I'm listening to uh, nowadays. Same with going back uh, and listening to, I have no idea. I mean, I just like. Uh, a triumph, you know, or oh, triumph, yeah. that I don't really know. Yeah, 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 that I don't really know. You know, I, I just know the name. But to me, it's more interesting to go back and listen to uh, uh, Rio Speedwagon and, and Speedwagon and discover that and just like, oh wow, this is this is cool. Okay, and now I understand. You know, all these bands that came after. So that that's that's what I'm doing. So maybe I'm missing out on what's coming uh, now. But I'm more interested in. But it's I've always in the same just like when Game of Thrones came out people were just like oh wow this is amazing just like, I don't care and then like five days after I'm just like oh wow this is great 
So I'm, I'm a little <laughs> late, but it's just because I'm busy trying to figure out where uh, Game of Thrones is coming from. It's probably mm. a lot of the rings, a lot of rings. So anyway, yeah. But you, you touched on something really important there because I've gone through the same journey myself, okay? So, of course, I started out being an extreme metal fan, but I've gotten heavily into jazz, all types of jazz, and to the point that I reached out to a fellow called Hank Steamer, who is one of the Rolling Stones editors, in, or, or, or he's an editor at the Rolling Stone. He writes, I don't know whether it's exclusively, but the two genres that I certainly read about that, he taught, that, that he's writing about are jazz and extreme mm. metal. And I think there's a lot of hey. us out there that get into both genres parallel. So they've got nothing to do with each other except for the technicality of the music. And it's interesting that you say mm-hmm. that a lot of the new stuff that I get into, like what you just said, is 40 years old. It's new to me because I've never heard it before. But Charlie Parker and Mingus and these guys, I find that I can yeah. put them on and I, can, I buy the vinyls. And if anybody asks me what I want as a birthday present or a Christmas present, I go, go and pick a classic jazz record. I don't really mind which one, as uh-huh, long as I don't uh-huh. have it, of course, as I don't have the same one over again. But do you, do you find that yourself, <laughs> that you're finding, do you find that, you mentioned that you're listening to it, but do you find that you're getting really interested in it and you're diving into it as well? Mm-hmm. I suppose it's it's like, like I, I love video games, and, and I guess if you, you know, if you like shoot them up, uh, you're going you're gonna to buy like a, a bunch but eventually, at some point, you're like, okay, well, I got the I got the picture. It, it is just like you know, pew pew pew. And so you just it's always the same. Either you you see it from from above or from the side, but it's it's always about like shooting enemies and blah blah. So I guess that that's also what's happening when you when you uh, try to find something in music, and after a little while, just like okay, I got the idea. Death metal is what it is. So now I need to find the extreme in in something else, something I maybe do not understand or something that is extreme in its own uh, yeah. sense because, like, say, uh, Alan Holsworth is very extreme in the sense that uh, I know a lot of people that uh, actually can't stand Alan Holsworth because of, ah, this is music for musicians, oh, my God, you know, <laughs> and... Uh, like my wife, for example, she doesn't really like. Same know, with my wife too. She, she, uh, my, my wife likes Beyonce and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, my my uh, my wife likes uh, two, and uh, uh, she tolerates uh, Sinsanum a bit. I think no? she likes Sinsanum. She does. She says yes. But uh, okay, thanks. <laughs> she tolerates. But, uh, but, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But for uh, for uh, Alan Holsworth, for example, for her, it goes like ah. My God, this is you know, uh, and this it, it is a form of extreme. You know, if you reach that sort of because it's so many chords or like chord progressions are weird. So, so I I understand why uh, some people uh, do see a connection between between uh, jazz and extreme metal. But you know, there's, there's, there can be connections uh, can be made between every genre of music uh, at some you know in uh, some strange ways. Mm. Uh, like uh, classical music uh, can be as powerful as, uh, as well just like but that's also because we love Bobby Angel so you know like when they did the song of Hard Work uh, which yeah. has like the, that strong you know like orchestrations and yeah. whatnot and, uh, or uh, or you know I don't know like Timo Borghi when they do with the, the orchestrations and whatnot uh, yeah classical music has the same power as well as the extreme metal so everything is connected somehow it is it is music the other day is just music. So. Yeah, I use, you're right about classical music, although I don't actively listen to it whenever, because I'm back at university these days, so I'm studying, and when I'm actually yeah. studying and doing assignments, I actually listen to classical music, and I find it's the only sort of music that I can have in the background that really helps me when I'm studying. It's actually uh-huh, a, uh-huh. a cognitive enhancer, whereas if I've got jazz on, I tend to focus on the jazz, or if I've got on heavy metal, I tend to focus on what's going on there, and it takes me away from what it is that I'm doing. But classical music is uh, the only type of music I can listen to that I can have on in the background, and it doesn't interfere with oh, what really? I'm doing. Yeah, do you find that, or do you find that uh, you, you really... No, 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 no. It? If I, no, no, if it's going to grab me, it's going to you know grab me too much emotionally. I cannot concentrate... I can't really do work with music in the back unless it's really just like garbage music. Uh, but then <laughs> I wouldn't put it on. <laughs> but no, no, classical music is just like if if I say listen to I don't know if you're familiar with Bartok or with uh, Bartok. I, I recommend Bartok, the Miraculous okay. Mandarin. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm familiar, really but I'll check it, it out. Yeah. I discover. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bella Bartok, the Miraculous Mandarin. Or okay. if you want to listen to like uh, the something called dodecaphonism, it's uh, when uh, uh, people play the they use the twelve tones of a scale, 
and they put them in like in different orders that it shouldn't be repeated. It's like serial music. Oh my god! Okay. Um, yeah, right. Sounds complicated. Got, yeah, yeah. Schön, Schönberg, Berg, Zimmerman. But that's that's where it it comes uh, close to to extreme music as well because it's uh, you know like different. I I just recommend. But anyway, uh, these things I cannot put them on and try to work because I'm just gonna go. Like, oh, this is so cool! Wow, this is so powerful! And if if I put like uh, I don't know Chopin or uh, or Beethoven or you know uh, that's just gonna take me emotionally to places so I cannot. I can't really concentrate I, when I do uh, when I do my work. I need something, well, nothing in the background, really. Mm. Nothing. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to change subject if that's okay. And, and look, if I'm, I'll, I'll definitely yeah. won't ask. Well, I'm not going to ask you to talk outside of school here because I'm going to ask you about one of your bandmates. But Alicia did organise for a conversation with me with um, Joey, and it lasted about ten minutes or uh-huh. so before the call cut out. But he seems like a really reserved guy, and he seems like a guy that. Um, doesn't open up until you really get to know him. Has, has that been in your experience working with him? And how did you guys hook up? Uh, so we met we met years ago uh, on uh, uh, the first time we met. Uh, actually, I was uh, with Sam, the, the, the guy from Dragon Force, uh, yep. who was from New Zealand, and uh, we made a joke about uh, him being a maggot, and he just told us. That's how we call our fans. And we said, no, no, you are a maggot. Because we thought that, <laughs> you know, we were just like making fun of that because just like maggot, maggoty, it's cool. So yeah. we are just like trying to explain in five seconds uh, what we elaborated as uh, we call them maggots because they call themselves, they call their fans the maggots, we call them maggots. And I think it's cool, it's funny, but it's tongue-in-cheek, blah, blah. Mm. He didn't get it at all, obviously, because we were drunk as well. And then fast forward <laughs> a year after, uh, we met uh, because we were doing a festival together. It was uh, Slipknot, Disturbed, Dragon Force. It was something called uh, Maximum was there, Machine Head. It was something called uh, Rockstar Mayhem, and it was like a, a, a just like Ozfest. It was the uh, okay. you know the, the equivalent of Ozfest in the US. So we would spend a month and a half, and uh, I went in their dressing rooms because Paul, the, the bass player, you know. Um, just invited me there. He was just like, mm-hmm. hey, my name is Paul, I'm the bass player. And I'm like, no, you're not. And he was like, yeah, I am. I'm like, the <laughs> fuck am I supposed to know? You have a mask, you know, so I don't know. He was just like, <laughs> yeah. what if I, take, if, I take you, if I take you in the dressing room, would you believe me? I'm like, yeah, yeah, you were just laughing. And then he took me there, just like, all right, said, you're okay, you know, we'll have a drink together. And then uh, Joey is in the, the next, uh, you know, the, the room, the next room, and he's just like, uh, hey, you, come here and just like does this with his finger just like come here I'm like yeah hey I remember you from last year you called me a maggot uh, don't mess with sleep not otherwise you're gonna have problems I'm oh, like right. what <laughs> and then yeah I left and was like well fucking wanker yeah. and, uh, and then we just we saw each other like a day or two after and then we started to chat about like Death Metal and uh, Morbid Angel just oh yeah you love these men fuck yeah I love Morbid Angel yeah me too blah blah and that's how we, we connected you know, just simply as that. And uh, we were just like, yeah, fuck yeah, dude, that'd be cool if we, like, someday we do a band, blah, 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 blah. And then, uh, and then we just went separate ways, kept in touch. We never really mentioned anything about it. Uh, but, uh, and then I started, I started to work on, on Sinsanum on my own, which wasn't called Sinsanum, was not called anything at all. So I started, like, the first version was, uh, well, just me on my own. Then I contacted, uh, it was like a friend from uh, Necronomicon, which is a, yeah. a black death metal band from, you know, from Canada. Yeah, uh, I, had that, Canada. I had their so CD Rob, years ago. Yeah, I remember about 15 years ago, I remember. They've been around a long time, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. So Rob, uh, Rob the Witch is a friend of mine. So he was a, in the first incarnation of my death metal project. That's how I called it at the time. He was there. Uh, Nick Barker was involved. Uh, awesome. Nick Barker, you know Nick Barker. Yeah, right? of course. Great yeah, yeah. filth, yeah. And, uh, and, and yeah, yeah, and Stefan, you know, Stefan who's still in the band at the time. Yeah. So that that was the first incarnation. And then uh, nothing was really serious. So we just like sort of, you know, part ways, but not going like, fuck you, you out. It was more like I was busy, everybody was busy. So it was like, nah, you know, project. I have like tons of those. Like I'm supposed to do something with, uh, with um, uh, what's his face? Oh, Jesus. Uh, well, and anyway, I'm supposed to do a project with a friend of mine and uh, it's been uh, Sean Reiner. Fuck yeah. Uh, oh, from, from Cynic. You know, Cynic. Yeah, yeah. Cynic. Yeah, yeah. We always said, yeah. oh, we need to, yeah, yeah, yeah. We always said we need to do uh, uh, 
uh, jazz uh, fusion thing together. Fuck yeah. That'd be and awesome. It's always like, oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's it's in the pipes. But it's just that because he's busy, I'm busy, and we never, it's, it's always like, yeah, no, fucking let's do it. And then, yeah, you have to send me something. Oh yeah, you, and you as well. And then, uh, you know, <laughs> so we yeah. want to do it, but it's it's one thing to want to do it, but uh, to actually start and get the motivation, you know, it's, it's it's not it's not easy, but I guess the heart is in the right place. So I I believe we will do something with Sean if he listens to this someday or read this. Uh, I'm still waiting. Anyway, uh, so it just like went like this, like yeah, and then uh, I kept you know uh, kept talking about it with Stefan. The other two were sort of out because they were not you know showing too much interest, and I was not telling them what was going on. I was just mm. like floating, you know, and then. Uh, Randomly, uh, uh, Joey shows up again and he's just like, hey, blah, 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 Moby Danjo. Uh, and I'm like, hey, you know, I've got those songs actually. I was actually working on them last week. Uh, have a listen. And then he was like, oh, fuck yeah, okay, who's the drummer? I'm like, well, no one. Do you want to do it? And he was like, yeah, fuck yeah. And then it just sort of accelerated because he was really motivated and he was like, right, I need, uh, I need like uh, days because I need to go to the studio. And I was like, whoa, 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 I need to finish the songs first. So <laughs> chill. But, uh, so I guess, uh, you know, then it just like, and I had in my head, uh, Sean, uh, from Das because we, well, Sean. No, you're right though. Now, I was going to ask you about, time. a bit more about Sean and the separate, sorry, continue. You're right, mate. Yeah. 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 So, so I was just like, yeah, fuck yeah. Uh, let's, let's, uh, let's get in touch with Sean because I, I've always, I told him at the time when we toured, I said, fuck, we should do something together. He reminded me that like uh, two weeks ago, uh, by the way. And uh, yeah, yeah, I was just like, fuck, we should do something together. So I contacted him and I was just like, would you be interested in a band with like uh, Joey Jordison's on board? It's Stefan, it's myself. And he was like, yeah, fuck yeah. That's, you know, mm. that's how it started. But uh, I guess the, the story of Sincena, it's exactly like this. That's how it happened. It's just, it was basically me uh, writing uh, lots of death metal stuff. And then progressively, you know, finding the people that were motivated enough. Uh, but, uh, you know, but I'd like it. Like I said, there's no hard feelings with the others. And uh, I would love to, you know, to work with Nick Barker someday and Rob as well. And uh, so, you know, but that's, that's just the way, the, the way it happened. But uh, it all evolves around uh, my love for Mobile Angel at the start. Yeah. Well. And uh, so, and, and uh, just to finish to answer the other part of your question, yeah. Joey is. Uh, is uh, interesting, not shy, but uh, yeah, reserved. And uh, you need to, I guess, yeah, you need to be a close friend so he's not know open up. But once he does, you know, yeah, yeah, but he's, yeah. you know, he's a he's a nice person. Well, it, it was it was a fascinating interview subject for the ten or so minutes that I had with him. And one of the pieces of feedback that I gave to him was that, and I, I don't think anybody had ever framed it like this before because he, he seemed impressed from the way that I framed the question because I know he gets it a little bit, but I think Lars Ulrich is a fucking terrible drummer, to be honest with you. And I think Metallica's music suffers for it immeasurably. Um, for example, yeah. I, I think that he should step out and become an executive producer and let someone like um, Chris Adler from Lamb of God come in and do the stuff or... So someone like mm-hmm. that, one of the younger things, you know, and I know a lot, plenty of people disagree with me on that, but I just, I honestly cannot listen to Metallica post the Black Album because of Lars's drumming, except for when Joey drummed for them. When Joey drummed for no. them, their music came alive. Now, I didn't frame it to him like that, sorry. What I said to him was that it didn't look like he was nervous when he was up there on stage. Now, of course, he must have been because he's playing, he had about half an hour to an hour to bloody rehearse some songs that he probably hadn't played yeah. since he was 18 or so. But he got up there and he, he did it and he made Metallica's music come alive. And I think he was like, I can't remember what his response was, so I have to go back and listen to, to what he said because I did write an article about it, but I didn't really include what he, what he said in there about it from memory anyway. But yeah, I just I, I think he's a tremendous drummer. But I guess the, the other point is, mate, you're like the Kevin Bacon of heavy metal. In terms of drummers, you know, everybody in, in Hollywood's only separated from Kevin Bacon. There's five degrees of Kevin Bacon. So you've mentioned Nick Barker, Sean Reinert, and um, Joey. Now, if you throw in Pete Sandoval yeah. into the mix, mate, I don't. I reckon you've pretty much got the best extreme metal drummers of all time in that in that setup there. And you've you've played with them all yeah, except for much. Pete. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so well, I mean, Pete, if you uh, if you're around, uh, yeah, yeah. But other than that, yeah, no, definitely those, those guys are are amazing and uh you know and and i guess uh life's too short to just uh, stick to one uh i'm not gonna say lineup but just to one mm. you know one 
one band or one, you know, and I, I want to play with all these, uh, that's going to come out wrong and sexually orientated, but I want to play with all these. <laughs> but uh, so no, I, wa I want to play with as many people. Okay, no, I, I have to stop. It's not gonna but you know what I mean? Though. I do. You know, I think it's I interesting to, yeah, yeah, it's interesting to the experience in our fire. Okay, that's fucked. Yeah, <laughs> never mind. But you know what I meant? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, Nick, Played on. I had a really good conversation about a year or so ago with Stuart Anstis, who was Cradle mm -hmm. of Filth's guitarist for about three or four years or so, and he he he, he recorded uh, and played. Of course, if you recorded, of course, he played on um, uh, Dusk and Her Embrace, which was released in '96 by Cradle of Filth. But then the big one, which is Cruelty and the oh. Beast, which is one of my favourite extreme metal albums of all time, and that yeah, a lot yeah. of that does yeah. come down to his guitar work. But of course, Nick Barker was the drummer on that, and I think. When, when I, I had a chat to Danny again about a year ago, and Danny mentioned he said it was going to come out this year, being 2018. Yeah, a remastered and remixed version of Cruelty and the Beast, where they beefed up the music, yeah, beefed up the drums or beefed up the music because he didn't think that it had a great sound on that album. I disagree, by the way. I think that album's almost perfect. Really, um, it's an album that I still listen to 20 years after its yeah. release. You know, but uh, but Nick Barker's been involved in a lot of things, and I think it'd be tremendous if you guys could hook up and do something. Yeah, yeah. Well, that I mean, let's see what the future uh, brings. But uh, I'm, I'm in good, you know, good spirit about that. Uh, no, no, I, I I love what he's been doing with like, okay, with Credo, with Dimo Borgia, uh, with Godseed on stage, with uh, with Lockup. Lock up, yeah. I mean, fuck, you know, that it's it's amazing. I love I love his style. Like you can recognize, you know, the the the, the beat and the the intensity. So I think he's yeah, he's an amazing drummer. So, uh, but yeah, I love Trulty and the Beast. But which which guitar player were you uh, talking about? The, the Stuart Ants. The two that plays on Dutch? Yeah, Stuart oh, Ants. Stuart. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had a four-hour... What did you say? Oh, he's, I, he didn't really say. Um, I, yeah, we didn't really go oh. into what he was doing these days, but we ended up having a four-hour conversation, right? And it's one of okay. my most listened-to podcast episodes. It's still up for anybody listening to who wants to go and listen to it. It's all there, but... Holy shit, man, we covered so much ground. And it was one of those four-hour conversations that felt like it went by in half an hour because we were covering uh -huh. so much ground and we were... we were um, there's, a, there's, there's just so much information that he was giving to me that truly surprised me. It led... You know, one question led to an answer, which led to another question, which led to another answer. You know, you know what I'm saying. It was one of those conversations. And mm -hmm. I can't actually find anybody mm -hmm. else who's, who's actually interviewed him on the web. I think there might be an old one from like the mid nineties or so out there, but none, none of late. So it's a fascinating conversation. And of course, um, the lineup, I mean, people can listen to it, but that lineup, I think was the best cradle of filth lineup by far. I really felt when, oh, yeah. when he left things, just, I didn't listen to them at all. I thought their music went really, I don't know. It's, I'm not a fan these days, to be honest with you, except their new guitarist, whose name escapes me, the, the English fellow. He is very, very good. Yeah. I can't remember his name. Though. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's Richard. his name? Yeah, yeah. Richard, that's uh, it. Yeah, he's an awesome dude too. Fantastic yeah, guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're all, they're all really amazing dudes uh, and, and ladies. Uh, I oh, went yeah. to see them uh, in Paris not so long ago. Yeah, I'm friends with them. And uh, I, I remember, I because I'm just the same as you. I love the four first four albums and then after that I'm like nah well whatever and uh, but it's, I mean it's great like I think Gilded Cunt is an amazing song and they, <laughs> not, they put out uh, really cool stuff but I just love like the first four you know especially uh, um, I love The Empire fuck this is uh, oh yes you know Dark Fairy Tales in Palestine wow this is awesome but anyway um, so yeah I consider that an album so you can say like the first three albums and the EP uh, but uh, yeah, so I was asking uh, Danny, was just like, yeah, so set you tonight. You guys play that one? No. You guys play any new? Already, I was asking <laughs> old stuff. It's like, you play Forest with my name? Nah. Do you play oh, Queen of Wit? Nah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just like, do you play Twisted Nails of Faith? Nah. I said, okay, well, so, and he was like, okay, you so what? You want to leave now? I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I watched the show. And, uh, and they came on stage and uh, they played. Uh, uh, the the song of uh, Cruelty ba uh, Bathory uh, or Countess Bathory, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, ba Bathory era or whatever. It's, oh yeah, like the, this yeah. one is dedicated to. Yeah, 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 this sorry, one is yeah. dedicated to Fred. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was dedicated to Fred uh, from Dragon Force, who thinks that we never put anything decent afterwards, <laughs> which I thought was extremely fun. And <laughs> I was pissing myself. And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, you're right. No, I didn't say that. But it was like, yeah. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I, love, uh, I love the band and uh, I love Cruelty. Uh, Cruelty and the Beast is, uh, I don't know if it's my favorite, but I love this album. And funny enough, I was cooking two days ago and just like sort of singing. Uh, God, uh, the last one on the album. Uh, oh, I can't remember it either. Yeah, I can't remember the title. But I know what like you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, yeah, yeah. The last one with that that has like sort of like a calm part with like a synth, and it sounds like a sounds like a James Bond uh, movie. Sounds like the uh, I can't remember which which one, but there's like a submarine, uh, like a, uh, under under the sea part of the movie, which sounds just exactly like that part from Cradle of Feet. Oh, Last Water, so, Last so Water, Wargasm, <laughs> I think is the name of the song. Um, the Lick of Carnivorous Winds. I'm just uh, I'm just putting it on um, Wikipedia at the moment, and that's what it's saying. The last one is, but there was uh, the Bathery Aria, which of course has the three songs. So yeah. Benighted, I didn't even know there was. I thought it was just called Bathory Aria, but Benighted Like Usher, A Murder of Ravens in Figu, I think it is, or Fugu, and Eyes That Witnessed Madness. Um, and then there's Portrait of the Dead Countess, which is an instrumental. Was it that one? Right. Well, no, they, they played Bathory Aria, so they played the whole thing. Mm. But uh, I think he just said that, and I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. And then I went uh, in the dressing room to drink with Woodstaff, because I don't want to, I do want people <laughs> to throw me stuff. Uh, <laughs> you want them to throw stuff at me, so I think I just left and went for a drink. So there you go. Oh, no, well, there you go. To it. Yeah, oh, and sorry, Danny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do think since Richard Shaw's come along, and I did give him this feedback on how to chat. I, that last album that they released, I can't remember the bloody name of it now. I'm shocking with names, but I think um, that last uh, Cryptoriana. That's it, Cryptoriana. Mm. Uh, that album is a step in the right direction again. They seem to be incorporating more mm. of that new wave of British heavy metal thing that they did so well when Stuart was in the band. Because for too long, they just sounded yeah. like a grind, like a bit of a grinding thing with keyboards over the top, like what Demi Borgir were doing. And I'm not, I know that the guys in Demi Borgir are fantastic guys, so nobody listening take this yeah. personally, but I can't get into Demi at all, really. They're not really my thing. And I think Cradle almost went oh. down that pathway yeah i think i think when cradle went off the boil in the early 2000s and released midi and i thought opeth stepped in actually um i thought if it wasn't for them doing that i think a lot of fans of my vintage were sort of thinking god who are we going to listen to now that cradle aren't releasing music that we find that engaging anymore and i think a lot of the fan base shifted a little bit um opeth stepped into the void a little bit that's certainly what i found uh, i remember getting into opeth when i when i started going off cradle of filth I discovered Opeth uh, live, or oh, I discovered, yeah, yeah, they were actually playing uh, right before Cradle in uh, 1996. Uh, it was like a few days before Dusk and the and her Embrace came out, and Opeth were on tour with them. And uh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. I think it was their bass player at the time was like completely shit faced. And uh, <laughs> I thought that was very amusing at the time. I was not a touring musician, so it was like, how oh, can you be so shit faced and be on tour? Well, I found out, you know, a few years after, obviously, that you can do this too. Uh, so there are of, things that help you, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but uh, no, I, I think like Cradle, Cradle and Jimmy Borgi were, to me, were on the same, you know, so I thought that Cradle were more advanced when Jimmy released uh, uh, Darkness and Throne Triumphant and uh, even the one after, which I can't Godless, remember. Godless Savage now. Garden, I think, was the name of the one afterwards. I could be uh, wrong, but... That, that, with that, that was the EP, and then there was like one after. Uh, I, I picture, I picture the. Uh, it was like another title with three, three words. But, I can uh, see it. So I, I can see was, it too. I yeah. Would, I you remember. see, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so hold on, and from darkness triumphant, and then. Hang on, I'll tell you because I'll um. Anyway. I'll tell you because I'll Google it. And you I'll can find Wikipedia. Out. Yeah. <laughs> Wikipedia yeah, yeah. is the answer uh, to everything. Yeah, yeah, and pretend, pretend that you remember. Oh yeah, of course it <laughs> is. Uh, yeah. But uh, uh, so I think they were they were like you know some of Cradle was above and then Cradle yeah did release Median and then fucking you know Dimu uh, um, uh, Bogi released uh, 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 Death Cult Armageddon and the one before mm -hmm. Puritania Sex Sandwiches something with three words anyway <laughs> Puritanical but, euphoric but, misanthropy uh, yeah. I think it is but yeah you're right Sex Sandwich that sounds better that sounds much better. <laughs> yeah, 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 sandwiches. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, uh, and uh, no, but like, yeah, Death Cult Armageddon was just like, wow, that's it. Okay, they're just like, 
woo. So, you know, so, uh, but I guess I'm just analyzing this as a fan, so I don't want people to quit me and go like, yo, wanker, what are you saying? You know, but it's just like, I'm just enthusiastic as a fan because I was really into, you know, into those bands when I was uh, when I was younger. And uh, it's funny to actually be able to talk about it with them. Like, I remember being with Stephen O's in, uh, in Paris uh, not so long ago and drinking uh, uh, a lot of stuff <laughs> and talking about all of that. So <laughs> it's, not, it's nice to be able to, to talk to these guys, you know, and, and just, uh, uh, yeah, be able to share moments with them and thinking back and going like, fuck yeah, like a few years ago, it was completely, you know, completely like, uh, uh, in, you know, just, uh, admiring your work and now I don't give a fuck because we're just drinking together. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. yeah. Well, the thing about, uh, the other yeah, yeah. Well, the other person you're going to play with who's got a tremendous history, who we've already mentioned, but Sean Ryan had played on the Human album by Death, and I think it was one of the first yeah. extreme metal albums that I remember truly loving, you know, lack of comprehension. Who, I mean, if you're a death metal fan, that's pretty much it, really. Um, but Chuck Schuldina, I, I had a chat to... Um, oh, God, I'm so bad with names, I'm sorry. He's singer from, um, from Control Denied. I'm one of the few people that's managed to have a chat to him, but I'll Google it now. God, I'm sorry. I'm so bad with names. I should know this. Any other time and day, I'd remember it. But I remember having a good chat to Tim Amar. Tim Amar is his name. Okay. Um, yeah, about mm. um, about Chuck and just getting the lowdown on what it was like to work with Chuck. But it it must be pretty special for you. You've worked with so many good people and so many wonderful musicians who are all legends in my eyes, you know, and, and you are too, mate. I mean, let's face it. I mean, this album here that you've released is, uh, it's going to live a life well beyond the year of its release, re- release repulsion of humanity. So you join that list of excellent cast of musicians that we're talking about. I'm not just saying that to blow smoke up your ass. I do genuinely feel that no, way. No. <laughs> but, but it's... So thank you very much, yeah. But to be able to play with someone like Sean who recorded with The Great Master... Chuck Schuldiner, that's pretty mm. bloody special. So have you got, like, are you ready for some of the stories and the stuff that is going to come out from Sean about his time working with Chuck? Uh, I, I, I think because we toured with Dragon Force and Cynic uh, and Das, which is when I, I met uh, Sean as well. I mean, uh, Sean Zadowski. So mm. the, the two Seans, you know, I met them on that tour and it was really fun. And, uh, uh, and to be honest with you, I did ask him and Paul about, like, death stuff but I guess I was also partying way too much and smoking way too much because we had a vaporizer on that too I discovered like a, <laughs> the, the, this uh, magnificent piece of equipment called oh, yes. a vaporizer and uh, yeah 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 and I used it quite a lot so I actually do not remember any uh, stories about them I, I know I remember stories that Stefan told me because Stefan uh, you know um, who plays in Loud Blast toured with death at the time so he was telling me stories about Sean Reinhardt but uh, stuff that I didn't hear or can't remember if I did uh, hear from uh, Sean Reinhardt first hand I could have but uh, no I remember I remember asking Sean about uh, his project that he did with Patrick Mamely C187 because I love Pestilence as well and uh, I was asking him about that more than actually like that's what I remember I don't remember asking too much I remember asking stuff about death but I don't remember much, but I remember what I asked about uh, C187. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, cool. But I, you know, I'll ask him again. No, that's fair enough. Yeah, I mean, it's, look, you're one of those rare, I don't know, I don't think there's anybody around like you at the moment, man, that's managed to work with so many great musicians and is a great musician yourself, of course, but do you sometimes stop and think, holy shit, I'm living the dream here? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's yeah, it's great. But uh, I think part of the uh, part of being uh, a nice person is also to not think about it too much because, like, it, hmm. you can. I, I've I've met so many people that are just like, fuck yeah, I'm doing this and that. You know who I am? I do this and that, which I hate. So. I guess I force myself to not really when I when I'm telling stories, just like oh that's cool. yeah yeah I played with Machine Head oh yeah I played with George Lynch uh, and that, that's great but I don't take it as a as a glorifying because to me like that which is taking us back to exactly what I was saying at the beginning of this interview when I'm saying this is just music so I guess people put that on a oh my God you know uh, you I don't know you met Rob Flynn and wow you know and it's and it's great but uh, Rob Flynn is is a normal 
you know, normal person, just like me and you. Yeah. And uh, and I just I don't know what I'm saying, Rob, right now because I was saying Machinette before, and uh, that's great. <laughs> that's but we right. just like when 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 it's yeah 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 when it's behind the scene, it's more like everybody's you know we all equal and we all do the same stuff and we all uh, go away for a month and a half, missing our family. And we all, you know, sometimes have the temptation of getting too drunk, and we share the same story. So for us, it's, it's very normal. And because I am, I am a, uh, enthusiastic when it comes to music, and I really want to to do as much as I can with different people. And I have like a, a good sense of like, I guess I have good social skills. So I guess I, hmm. you know, it's easy Indeed. for me to, to to get to know to get to know people and get to talk to them. So I guess that that's why I have so many contacts and. Uh, uh, like I said, music, I don't want to be like, just do one style of music and be known as only the bass player for Dragon Force Power Metal. I don't want to be just like reminded as just in a, in a in that box. So to me, it's important to try and evolve and, and share moments with different musicians from different genres and whatnot, which is why I end up doing this. But this is, this is just, this is not, you know, I've, I've got more respect uh, for someone who's working with animals or someone working in a zoo, to me that's more, you know, it's more fascinating than what I'm doing because it's just like, okay, I'm I'm playing music and I end up touring with all these bands and uh, all I have to do is just be a, a nice person, go talk to them and uh, and then we end up uh, playing music together. But it's it's very easy as opposed to you know working in a zoo. I don't know, like uh, I went. I'm just thinking about Australia, but I went to uh, Brisbane like uh, a few years ago. I went to that uh, sanctuary. Uh, yeah, Lone, Lone Pine, there, Lone Pine Sanctuary. There, yeah, we've been there a few times. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I thought that was fascinating. And I, you know, I remember sending a message to uh, to the lady who got us like a free entrance. I was just like, "Thank you so much." It was like, "Oh, this is one of the first musicians that ever wrote back to say thank you." And I was just like, "Yeah, completely," because I think it's, you know, it's it's great. And uh, I think what you're doing is is amazing. I'm saying it again. So uh, to me, that's more fascinating than but because music is uh, is easy for me. I'm just getting completely like well, sorry. No, it's <laughs> a great answer, man. It's talk. it's you're a very humble so, guy, and I've spoken to well over. Oh, man, I think I met about 350 musicians, and you're one of the easiest people that I, I feel like I'm talking to someone that I've known for years. And it doesn't. Man. And it, what I find when I'm doing this, when I'm talking to a musician. I th- I like to consider myself fairly knowledgeable. Certainly, I don't go and talk about things that I don't hold a significant amount of knowledge in to make the other person feel uncomfortable. Does that make sense? Like, I try to talk about things that makes uh, us fo- yeah. both feel comfortable is what I'm saying. I hope I framed that the right yeah, way. Yeah. But, but yeah, you've, you've got a lot of humility there, mate. I think that makes you extraordinarily endearing to people because you're very authentic. And no, I, I try to. Yeah, well, thank you very much for the... I mean, it's not that I try to. I guess it's just. I mean, you it's try you. every day mm. to be a good person. So I just. That's what. That's what I'm. You know, there's no point trying to be something else. Or I just. You know, I think. I think I want to. I want to give to people what I expect them to give me or to be whenever something like that. You know. So I think it's just. A, it's. It's really. It doesn't take any effort at all. I think it's just like. It's very easy to be uh, to be nice to people, and so they can be, you know, they, they, hopefully they're nice to you in return and whatnot. Something like that. It's, now it sounds like I'm doing this just to have a favor. I've got something <laughs> to ask you, man. I'm, I'm short. I need a few hundred, <laughs> three hundred uh, Australian dollars. Yeah, nah. No, no. Uh, no just kidding. So, yeah. It wouldn't be the first time someone uh, from overseas yeah, asked for it, so that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, but, uh, and, You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series and syndicating for the A-List Online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith and that conversation featured the one and only Frederick Leclerc from the outfits Sinsanum and Dragonforce. Thank you so much for listening.